Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hello again. Welcome to Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Man, our podcast. We're not pastors, just regular guys, each on his own faith journey. Each week we bring that faith journey to the table as we discuss scripture. And while we're Christians, as regular guys, we're not afraid to ask tough questions, and we don't settle for routine church answers you get in Sunday school. And discuss scripture is what we do. We spend several weeks on a particular book of the Bible or a theme you'll find throughout the Bible, read a passage and see how it applies to our everyday lives as Christian men. For the past eight weeks, we've been looking at the life of Solomon as recorded in First and Second Chronicles, following a study guide published by Baptist Way Press titled Solomon, No Ordinary Kind of Wisdom. This week, however, we're putting the book aside to cover a crucial part of Solomon's life that we find in the first book of Kings and Chronicle skips. In fact, the reason Chronicle skips over it may end up being part of our discussion. I'm Steve Titch, producer of this podcast. They call me the gambler because of my penchant for a good poker game. I'm filling in for our host and director, Bill Cox, who is in Michigan with his family attending his nephew's wedding. We wish him well and hope he's having a good time. And around the table with me in the studio is our panel, back from conferring, consulting, and otherwise hodnobbing with his fellow corporate trainers at a professional conference in Salt Lake City. It's our resident theologian, the Professor Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Good to have you again. Overachiever. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and with his documentation and evidence ready, we've got the retired prosecutor, Michael Cropper. We call him the judge. And we have our resident Louisiana insurance salesman and deacon Kyle Trahan. And joining us after an absence that lasted way too long, our good friend from the Man Up ABF, so passionate about his faith that we call him the evangelist. Welcome back, Earl Lloyd. Hello, Earl Lloyd. (laughs) Earl. (laughs) Now, to, to start, before we read the scripture which will be uh, 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Let's get some opening thoughts, starting with the professor. So we've talked a lot about Solomon, and where our focus has been up until last week, really, was Solomon and the temple, setting the temple up, building the temple. And, and we talked a lot about how a lot of that was like project management, how that could go backwards to, to looking for a man. Last week, we kind of talked about how the queen, at least y'all did, I heard I heard the podcast today, um, about how the queen of Sheba and what did she see in Solomon that brought her to visit. Well, that happened about 20 years into his reign, we think. He reigned for another 20 to 30 years after that, and 1 Kings, the passage Steve's going to read, is a the word I'm looking for. Um, not good epitaph. Let's just leave it at that for Solomon and where he went at the end of his life and what happened. And I think it is going to be a 
great cautionary tale for men of faith to look at how things and how that applies. Earl. You know, I'm always humbled by someone else's fall. And um, just reading through this, and you, you don't want to ever be judgmental when people are, are having a hard time. Uh, this is a, a, a good learning institute. Crop, uh, Robert makes mention that uh, this, is, th this will be a good learning, uh, a good learning tool for, for men of faith. Uh, and, and in reference to the learning as to how not to get here. And the big question is, uh, and you have put it in the pre you put this in the prep notes, because he has so much wisdom, does that protect him from uh, from something like this? And uh, that it that will be very very interesting to uh, just hear uh, what other individuals around the panel have to say. But um, I'm just very eager to talk about this because um, and, and and not in a judgment in any kind of way, but uh, just learning from how not to get to uh, to where Solomon got. Kyle, Deacon. Well, I'm not the only deacon in the room anymore. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I, I may be in trouble. Earl shows up with a you know notebook full of notes over here, and you know, so I'm 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 the slacker, I guess. You know, it's it is a very interesting story. Part of it is when you get to a height of success to a certain level. Um, Sometimes things can feel like they need or have gotten idle in your own life. And I think that's where we're most vulnerable. Mike. Yeah, I texted Day Looks. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really here. <laughs> yeah, I texted Day Looks at Solomon again, as Steve had so aptly introduced the, the, um, the subject. And, and Steve happened to cho choose the text today to show us that, that I think no one is above temptation. Mm. And uh, King Solomon, just a quick word about him. King Solomon began his reign with great success, folks, because he sought the Lord of his father, David, for wisdom and help when he began to reign. The following is a brief nutshell from, of King Solomon from the web. Uh, it's only two, a few short sentences, so listen carefully. Born about 1010 BCE, Solomon was the 10th son of King David. He was the second king of ancient united Israel and the second son of Bathsheba. Like King Saul and King David, King Solomon reigned for 40 years in one of the highest and most prosperous periods in Israel's history, called by many the Golden Age of Israel. Mm -hmm. During his reign, Solomon controlled the trade routes coming out of Edom, Arabia, India, Africa, and Judea, and he constructed an elaborate and profitable web a web of alliances which were cemented together by a marriage to hundreds of wives and concubines. And he purportedly built the first temple of God in Jerusalem. And uh, before I stop, folks, I'm going to add one more scripture here that's not part of our text, but it fits in very well, and it's 1 Kings 3.1. Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he married Pharaoh's daughter. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord, in other words, a temple, and the wall all the way around Jerusalem. We'll go back to Steve now. Yeah, um, before I read the scripture, 
I, I think we've already started a bit with we've been hinting at some things uh, in the last few weeks, even maybe all the way, almost all the way back to the beginning of our study um, about Solomon and some of the challenges he faced. Uh, did he get too much too soon? Did he get too much handed to him? Mm-hmm. Um, he did. That was a, that was an excellent overview because we, we see that he he oversaw a, a great period of peace, of alliances oh, with neighbors, yeah. um, it, and the Bible also tells us in addition to the Queen of Sheba, uh, other monarchs would come visit him to 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 inquire of his wisdom. So. We're gonna we're gonna explore it. So what 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 is what was his psychology and 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 what exactly happened? Um, before be, I'm gonna read eleven, First Kings eleven one through thirteen. Now right before that, and this is in Chronicles as well, we get almost a a whole long catalog of Solomon's splendor, as a subhead in the NIV has it, all his wealth, all his income, all his palaces, his ships his uh, articles of silver and gold, so much he had. As we've talked about, his wealth was incredible. And, and <laughs> chapter 11 begins with a, with a big however. So here we are, 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemus, the detestable god of Moab, and for Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives, who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the god of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude, and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem which I have chosen. So, for, first, first let, let's deal with the big elephant in the room. I know part of it was treaties, and so the 700 wives kind of add up, especially if you're where he was in the land, because if you, if you think about it, 
all the trade routes from Africa, Egypt, up in what we would call Iran, Iraq, Persia, Greece, going westward over to where the Caucasus and Turkish area is. All the, way, all the trade routes went through this section. Today we call it the Levant. It's where the modern state of Israel is. So I get you're going to have to have, because that's how you sealed a treaty back in the day. You married a wife. You know, it was just, that was the deal. But seriously, 700, I just, there had to be, in my mind, there had to be more going on there than just some treaty sealing. And especially when you throw in the 300 concubines. Because <laughs> I'm like, how do you, how do you yeah. manage that? Yeah, there's nothing indicating that there was a business proposition with the concubines. Is there? Right. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. And, and just so you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I used it with our youth several weeks ago when we talked about it. That is not a word a lot of people have heard before. So if you've not heard of that word, that is a friend with benefits that you have put up in an apartment. <laughs> it's a concubine. But and, and we've talked a lot. Do y'all think, and I'm curious, do you guys think this is reflective of Solomon's true character? In other words was what we had at first where God appears to him and says hey what do you want and he says give me wisdom and he gets wisdom and he has the prayer at the temple dedication and you know I, I, I'm telling you right now if Pastor Taylor ever prayed and fire came down and consumed the altar I'm betting we'd have 150 baptisms instantly minimum <laughs> you know, and everybody lining up to come to our church. This is that Solomon. It's the same person who now is going. So I, I guess, and this is going into your question, Steve, on his psychology. What is his true character? Is was it he, A was he a skirt or chaser? is it B? Oh, are you asking that? I, 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 think, I think he was past that. that as sex addict. <laughs> well, um, I mean, well. Mm-hmm. We all got a dog in us. I mean, mm-hmm. let, let, let's just, okay. let's just, we all got something that we wrestle with. And uh, it, it's just so much fruit to just pick at, at this story. I mean, he knew God. I mean, you, if you remember the prayer that he did oh, yeah. back in the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sixth chapter of mm-hmm. Chronicles uh, from 14 to 42 verses, I mean, he prayed. So he knew God, even asking for wisdom. He knew God. Sometimes we lose focus. And he, he just lost focus. You made mention of all the wives mm-hmm. that he had out of control and as Mike made mention of the law that God told him don't have too many wives and too many um, uh, uh, some Horse, other things that he told him actually that's important but he's focused on the wives you're talking about Deuteronomy 17 17 mm-hmm. um, which goes back to Moses where God looks looks at the idea there might be a king he doesn't particularly like the idea but he kind of says well if you get a king and, and in, in 1717 Deuteronomy, he says, he shall not take many wives for himself or his heart will be led astray. There's a prophecy right there. Prophecy right. Right. <laughs> and he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. Absolutely. So, so in addition to the women and the, wi- the wives, I'm sure this, this wealth around him was also as much a, as a dis- distraction as anything. So, yeah. And let's not forget... Demons and Satan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, Satan is always on the attack. And, mm-hmm. and notice in chapter 9 and 10, 
he talked to God. He, I mean, he prayed, he talked. When he got to 11, he stopped talking to God. And if you go back and uh, read Abraham's, Isaac, and Jacob's story, David's story, things happen when they took their focus off the Lord. And that happens with us today. When we stop praying and we get into other things and we take our focus off God and things happen, which makes us run back to church or run back to God. But that's the same thing here. He, he, he stopped talking to the Lord. The uh, Deuteronomy 7, 3 and 4. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons. And this is Moses telling the children of Israel, when you go into the land of Canaan, you stick with your own people. He says, for they, if you intermarry with them or your children intermarry with them, will turn your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will destroy you quickly. So the other thing is clearly, he didn't, he should not have intermarried, period. I don't care a business proposition, whatever, but he was, he's very business oriented. When you get handed a billions of dollars like he was from his father David, at least he was smart enough to keep it and hang on to it. But it will tempt you. So it says, do not acquire and, and, and keep all this for yourself. He didn't. He didn't. David had acquired that much wealth as a king. They took from other nations they had conquered. They brought in gold, silver, and everything. And when they gave it to Solomon, he suffered. And Bill is famous for this. Y'all have heard this. He suffered from affluenza. Right? It's a distraction like ADD or AD, ADHD or something. And then it took him off. But it kept so, coming. As I mean, yes, in addition, yes. it kept coming. Yes. 666 talents a year of gold from Ophir, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Some unbelievable amount. Earl is absolutely right. He was a great guy. It says he loved, uh, in fact, First Kings 3, I think 5, says he loved the Lord with all his heart. He really did. And then... Um, Anyway, I'll, I'll find that just one second. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, now that, uh, yes, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. So he had, he started off great. He really did. Earl, you're absolutely correct. You can start slipping, and a little slip can add. You know, one little mistake, and you don't correct it, that... You can go way too far. And we'll pick that up right after this message. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And we're back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, the podcast. We're talking about Solomon, Solomon's wives, and his fall from faithfulness in God. And uh, we're talking maybe how it began little by little. And so some, some thoughts about this. Um, well, the, the one thing I, I, I think Jesus said at the beginning, he said, 
Matthew 19:24. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Yep. And I don't think it, it's not that the riches prevent him. The riches help provide the distractions mm-hmm. there you that go. keep him out. And I Influential. think that, <laughs> yeah, I, yes. yeah, no, absolutely. I, I do want to think about this because we didn't we didn't talk too much about Solomon's other writings, which are in the Bible, the wisdom of Solomon. But this is what makes this story all the more alarming, warning. This this Solomon prayed for divine wisdom, and we're told got it. He was he was the smartest guy in the room, certainly when it came to matters of faith and religion and knowledge about God. Um, he wrote um, Ecclesiastes. It's a tribute to him. Uh, the, 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 the ancient outcry of, you know, that, that rings through the existentialism of our modern times. Everything is meaningless until he gets to the end where he says that the fear of God, uh, everything is meaningless except for the fear of God uh, and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And so he's been, you know, he's kind of almost an Ecclesiastes, you could say. He's sampled all these other faiths and philosophies and found them wanting and came back to God. Of course, most of Proverbs is attributed to Solomon. The Song of Songs is Solomon's. Uh, yet he, he writes his wisdom down but doesn't seem to follow it. And not only that, personally, we're told... It's not just a, a man who walked with God and felt a spiritual connection. He, he saw the fire and the temple. He, he had some sort of direct line to God. He heard God spoke to him and told him, don't do this. You'll lose your kingdom. Gave him the full if then. Yet, I mean, I mean yet he still no matter, ahead darn that free will. No, 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 no matter how smart God make you, that does not triumph, trump his prophecies. Yeah. Well, and, and I would encourage everybody, go listen to Podcast 156. We actually talked about Ecclesiastes 1, 1, 1, 1 through 11, talking about meaningless and narcissism in our culture. But I, I think it's literally, I think it's I got off the ball. I mm-hmm. think he became, and, and we often talk about where we live in this area. We are in a very affluent area of the city, of the, of the area of Houston. Uh, we're not in the city of Houston. We're in a suburb of Houston called Sugarland. And our area is very affluent and very, th- there are pockets of poverty in Fort Bend County. I, I'll be the first to tell you because it's very close to me. I live down very close to the Arcola area, which is very, very hugely picket part of, of uh, poverty down there. But by and large, this area and most of the people in our church are, we're not wondering where our next meal is coming from. Amen. We are not worrying about our day-to-day living expenses. Most of us tend to rock in and lock in and do well on that. And that I think that in some ways, I think Solomon suffers from some complacency here because he, he gets almost the David piece right before Bathsheba where he basically has everything he wants, then he gets bored, 
and goes and looks out on the roof, you know, and does all the things. I think the difference is Solomon never was a warrior. He did all his stuff by economics. This was a David got the David got everything settled down warrior wise, mm-hmm. and so all Solomon had to do was do the economics. And I think, and and we could talk about this. Men need a challenge in their lives to assume. War provides a different set of challenges than economics. I think economics, it becomes easier to delve into the gray areas. And this is coming from somebody who, who was in financial services for a very long time and had a, had a stockbroker's license. The gray well, areas are the gray areas are easier to get he, into. He, you know, maybe I think he definitely had to have a gift for it because he was. He oh, was, he definitely had a gift. But he he it it was administration in a way. He did, he lacked. <laughs> you might say he lacked the simplicity that David had, where eh, they're a problem. I'll go conquer them. Yep. He couldn't do that. And so, yeah, he married somebody. That's so exactly right. I was going to say, he I did think he, conquer him. He, he did like war. <laughs> he got mad. Domestic. <laughs> but, but, it, but, it, but, I mean, y'all, y'all think he, I think he, he was, it was easier for him to get his eye off the ball because he had everything and it was, uh, okay. So let's see. Tonight is wife number. <laughs> right. You know, so that, well, let me go look at her account and see what's going on. I mean, was it really one of those to where he got so busy trying to please all but of that? He, but then he, it's so that the problem isn't so much that he, not only do his wives want to worship their gods, he, you know, if we follow the scripture, he was led astray. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy who blames it all on the wives. There's a lot of commentary that does oh, that. Oh man! I mean, the guy was. <laughs> let's give. Let's give Solomon some credit for brains. He wasn't led around by the nose. Um, he chose. He chose to go erect these Ashira poles and and go to these worships. So he worshipped. But you know, where did that? What was the what? When did it go from you know? Wife number 123 today to, okay, I'll go with you to your temple and sacrifice to Moloch. And as we know, Moloch is detestable because Moloch they sacrifice children to. But well, you, so when did you, so suddenly a, a he's in knee deep. He's not, he's not, okay. A lot of cultures would have a shrine or an altar, you know, to whatever their god was. You know, even, even today. Uh, I was at my mom's house, and we were taking some stuff out of boxes, and she said, oh, that goes on my little altar. Well, it was the head of Jesus, and my mom's Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, Mary, and a couple of saints, and her Bible, and, you know, that was her little shrine. All right. Thankfully, she mm-hmm. prays to God mm-hmm. and Jesus, but that could have easily, in that day, been any of these others that, you know, that were mentioned, or so many others. You know, uh, the business acquisition of this and that and the other. And the guy goes, oh, you know, instead of killing all my people, here, have my daughter. And, well, she worships this. And so she sets up her little shrine, and he's there in her room or her home or whatever it is. And you're laying there, you know, after. And she's praying to her God or talking about her God. And little by little, I think it would wear Yeah, Here's a thought that might go into what, you know, where it starts 
do you think Solomon at the beginning didn't take it seriously? He said, oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, just to make you happy. Again, I think a little by little, (laughs) it's it's just like our culture, desensitizing himself Mm -hmm. to what eventually he didn't realize, "Uh uh-oh, now I'm building a temple. And by that (laughs) point in his life, he didn't realize he was at that mistake point, I'm going to say. You know, at that point, he's lost that extra little wisdom to say, oops, now this is too far. Do you, do you remember when um, Rachel and Leah came with, with Jacob back home from their Uncle Laban? Rachel took some of the idols in her father's house and sat on them. And when Laban caught up with them, he said, where are my idols that we worship? And she did not get up out of her chair. What, what I'm getting at here is it's not, it was not unusual for a wife to not necessarily believe in Jehovah. But what you had to do was you had to keep her in her place. And, 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 and don't take that wrong, ladies out there who, who love Jesus Christ and love our Lord. Uh, it was not unusual for a, a, a husband to have to say, enough is enough. We don't know that every one of David's wives or Saul's wives were 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 believers in the Jewish God, Jehovah. But we do know that they kept their wives in their place who were not believers, right? And so I I think here, I can just imagine this. Uh, If you've talked to anybody who's Muslim or a couple other religions, they say we all worship the same God. So I can imagine this. The, the, The scripture says, as, as Solomon got, Solomon got older, his wives turned his heart. That's verse 4, after other gods. I can imagine when you get older, you get more mellow. I'm telling you, you guys know Cropper, but anyway, you get more mellow, and you have to use more defenses against them. So I can imagine they said, oh, just build us an altar, build us an altar. And, and, and as Kyle said, maybe after one great night with them, they says, okay, uh, well, I guess it can't hurt anything, right? Well, so I'll build sure. you an altar. If I and keep then, her happy, she doesn't mess with me. And or... then it goes more and more. What, okay, but go ahead, more and more, When you say more and more, what about after he had experienced what God did in, they, in their service in regarding the fire coming down, after he started worshiping their gods, he didn't see anything of that kind of magnitude. Wouldn't that even alarm him off? As, well, I, I don't, these ain't the yeah, same. Okay, this this well, ain't the same. I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting the same fulfillment as to when we worship my God. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he got that, that time or a couple of times, and then the novelty wore off. Well, You know, God, the cloud wasn't there all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, no, the cloud dispersed, right, right, no. and it wasn't there. So it's like, okay, well, now, God, I know he's here, but I don't see him. When you have that kind of a spectacle, I can only imagine that, you know, when it's gone, you're like, okay, now what? You know, well, you have to seek him again, but he didn't do that, right? Well, all right. you have to renew <clears throat> your relationship, and, right, guys? And, and and we know that. That's why we do the podcast every week. That's why Earl sings with the choir. You got to keep coming. You got to. You if have you kept, to continue. Like Kyle made mention earlier. He slipped up, and that slip he took his eyes off the prize. I always tell Christians this, man: you got to keep your eyes on the prize. Keep going to a Bible study. Keep doing the podcast. Keep praising. Keep praying. Getting you a group to keep. It's just like it's just like. Uh, uh, feeding you, you're, you're spiritual. You got to keep it fed because if you don't, you'll go off to what 700 wives and how many concubines. It's, it, it's easy to do because again, the devil is always on your 
uh, uh, he's always trying to get you, always trying to get you. What does the Bible say about the devil? He's like a he's like a pacing line, just going back and forth, seeing how he can like, how he can get you. Yeah. Well, and and I, I think the I think part of the other piece of that is like as Kyle kind of alluded to and Mike did too, it's a desensitization. There there is one thing, the function of the temple was to make Yahweh worship, Jewish worship, in the temple with the sacrifices and all of that, the state religion. And I think over time, it became that thing you got up and did on Saturday for him. That I had to get up, go offer my sacrifices to king, and then once a year I had to go show up and slaughter the lamb personally. And it just became a thing to do not something he actually internalized or he let the internalization he had early go away with it. And you also have to look at the love of God in this because he didn't take the kingdom directly from him. When we do wrong and we look back at all the wrong things we did, God still loves me. He still loved Solomon even after he, he, he fell down. But don't forget about the love that God had for him, even at even even after all of this. Well, it's the same as a parent, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I know Amen. I'm not one. Amen. But you can be disappointed, mm-hmm. which I imagine, which is what God is, and He disciplined him or the family or however you well him because he definitely suffered consequences. You know, maybe the kingdom wasn't taken from him, but he himself suffered pretty quick repercussions on that. You know, and I imagine it was just God, you know, it's not saying, I don't love you. It's, you did wrong. To be honest, there were, I mean, he had, we were talking, he had this very nice, peaceful kingdom. And what happened almost immediately afterward were attacks from enemies. Uh, There was the rebellion of of Mm -hmm. one of his sons, which again led to the the separation Mm -hmm. of the two kingdoms. So, yeah, at the end of his life, he found himself... (laughs) Once again, kind of almost back at the back at the beginning of Saul, Saul situation. Well, it, it, it's interesting though because hmm. all three of the kings, the early kings of Israel, had that happen to them. Great success at first, a little bit of falling away. Some more than others. Some repent more than others. Saul, David, and Solomon, all three, followed by chaos and other stuff at the end. It, Saul at the end. He's running around acting crazy, chasing David all over the place. You know, David, you know, he had the whole thing with the two boys and the daughter. Then he had to run and hide. Then there was the whole David not taking care of the succession plan properly, you know, and mm-hmm. having to make sure Solomon mm-hmm. gets installed as king. And now here's Solomon, kind of the same thing, getting bored, getting led astray or being led being. I'm not going to say getting led astray, being led astray. He allowed himself to be led astray. I do want to talk about that and what it might mean for us right after we get back from this break. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. 
deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. Okay, we're back. This is the Man Up Podcast number 221. We're talking about uh, Solomon and how he was led astray by the uh, influence of his wife, the influence of his many wives, his 700 wives and concubines to worship other gods. And that, I want to fast forward to our time because a lot of Christians look at these passages and they wonder about you know the consequences of being led astray now you you put it nicely robert this was in israel a state religion the solomon was king but also in many ways the high priest today in america and many other parts of the world it's a it's a pluralistic society not everyone is christian not everybody wants to be christian Jesus calls on us to be loving neighbors, but what are the limits? We talk about tolerance. We want to be tolerant, uh, but you know, are there dangers? Was 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 Solomon tolerant, or was he too much engaged? Where where's the line? I think if you're talking us, you're not going to be bombarded in the way that he was. I mean, if you've got 700 wives, you're more intimate with them than what we would typically be with a neighbor that is, you know, Hindu or, you know, any or anything, you know, Buddhist, whatever. Um, I, I think he would have been more ingrained into it. He was deeper than what we would find ourselves. So I think it, for us, it would be easier to guard our heart, so to speak, and not allow their culture to seep in. I mean, although I found myself you know, back in the day when I was living in Japan, I, I read up and studied a little bit on Buddhism because I was in their country. I mean, that's, it was all around you. And I was interested to know what it was about. But at the end, I didn't become a Buddhist. You know, I went and visited the Great Buddha. Very cool, you know, very, very cool place to go. But um, I didn't walk up to the statue and think, oh, give me riches. I never went to one of the Buddhist temples. You know, I, I rolled the little thingy, like, what was that movie? Uh, the Golden Child, you know, with the yeah. Buddhist monks, and you, you rolled the little, you know, columns and stuff. They had some of that stuff at the Buddhist temples. And I, I rolled the thingy. But when I prayed, it was still to my God. Mm. Mm. It was never mm. to a Buddhist or to any of the others that were represented. Oh, and, and I want to, I was in Salt Lake City last week, and... I did. I hiked down and walked all around the Mormon, inside the Mormon, what they call their Temple Square, which is a walled-off area. The tabernacle is there where the Mormon Tabernacle Choir sings. The What they call the First Assembly Halls there, a statue dedicated to the Pioneer families that made the track. Um, thing to, monument to Joseph Smith. Um, the actual temple was kind of set off a little bit because it's under construction they're having to 
retrofit it for earthquake and other things at this moment. Why did I go? I want to look at the architecture. The, the architecture is amazing, and I'm fascinated by it. I think... But I'm not talking about... No, no, no. I, I, no, but, I, mean, but, uh, and, and, uh, I think also... I think the problem where we where we face a challenge in America is, and it used to be in particular this was a bigger problem for us. Everyone went to church on Sunday because that's what you did. There were some Baptist towns, small towns in Texas back in the day, like I'm talking 70s and 80s, not 50s, but I'm talking in 70s and 80s. I knew people who, if they woke up late, didn't go to church, they put their church clothes on before they went to the restaurant. So everybody would think Oh, yeah, you were just in the back of the church. church. Yeah. Oh, you just didn't see me. But, but I, I, go ahead, Steve. But, 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 no, no, but, but I think it's getting to the, but it's getting to the point that, and, and this is where I was going to mm-hmm. take it, is, and this is the question, I think for Solomon, the state religion became that, something he showed up as a ritual and did without any feeling. I think the challenge we have, and maybe this is where we need to mm-hmm. talk about, is how do we keep our faith from becoming that? It, it's it's Stale. yeah. It, how do we keep it from becoming? Oh, I got to wake yeah, up but, on but, Sunday but, and go well, to church. But there's that. But there's also yeah. You know, see, where I was going with this is because even back in back in the back in the seventies, as you said, people did not people did not want to give the appearance that they didn't go to church. Now it's you went to church? <laughs> what a waste. And that's, that's what your kids are going to hear. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're going to go away, and they're going to go away to, to colleges and universities where, where it's not even a case where Christianity is respected. In the, in the, in the, you know, not just in their peer groups where you always hear nonsense. They're going to get it from their professors. They're going to get it from uh, their environment. And um, likewise, around you, you're going to out out in the world, in the workplace, you're going to be dealing with all sorts of um, not just cultural influences, but also all sorts of idolatry. Um, so, you know, the temptation to just make money. We've talked a lot about this. Solomon couldn't couldn't keep his own attitude in check here. So, what what hope do we have? Will you just keep reinforcing what you teach mm-hmm. him? The same thing our parents did to us, mm-hmm. right? And my mother was a Christian in my mm-hmm. family. And she kept reinforcing the scripture and she prayed for me. And then you have to trust the Holy Spirit to bring it to your children's mm-hmm. memory when the time comes. Yes, we were all faced with that temptation. Uh, and, and some of us mm-hmm. did go out and, 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 mm-hmm. and wander some from the Lord's way. But that'll always the holy spirit will always keep that in your memory and that's i guess what you have to try to do our children are not going to be any different from other children than we were except they have more distractions like you say steve right with electronic media with cell phones everything like that and you just have to keep saying over and over this is what you need to believe in this is what you need to do and you trust that the lord will bring that to your memory Right? I don't know how else you can you, you can you, do that. You reinforce what Michael make mention of and you stress you stress prayer. Uh, we've gotten away from that. They took prayer out of schools and we just yes. don't pray like we mm-hmm. used to pray. I mean when I was growing up as a kid, we went to we went to prayer meeting. We had prayer meeting throughout the week and there was mm-hmm. prayers in school. And mm-hmm. you, you have to continue to ask God to, to, to lead 
your children, asking him to help them to stay committed and connected to him. That's my prayers for my, my, my girls, that they stay committed and connected to the Lord. But as Michael said, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep stressing it. And, and as you make mention of, it, it seems as though in, in, in the future, like you say, when you tell people that they go, you, you go to church, they look at Sunday is not respected like it used to be back right. in the 60s, mm-hmm. 70s, and the 80s. Yeah. No. But, you know, for Solomon, I can see where it would have been, I don't want to say easy, but easier. You're the head. You know, you're, you're the top. So, you know, are the head priests going to come up and go, well, you know, Solomon, you're kind of straying, buddy. I don't think that's a good look for you. You should come back off. to your God. What's wrong with that? Solomon needed you know? a Nathan, I guess. <laughs> right. And he, he but he didn't Nathan, have that, right? right? He didn't have so he didn't have somebody to come behind him and smack him upside mm-hmm. the head and say, what the heck are you doing? This isn't right. You're, you're taking your eyes off the ball. See, for us, we, we have a little bit of a support group, you know, that if one of us is straying, well, I've got my, my wife. I've got you guys. Mm-hmm. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've got you know, my own mom and stuff to, to look at you in the eyes and say, what in the world are you doing? Solomon wouldn't have had that. So for his demise, uh, I think it would have just been a lot easier. And then you look at the leaders of most of these um, institutions, ch- churches mm-hmm. and the Pope and how they are falling. I mean, when, when, when kids Absolutely. look at that as an example, that, that is, that, I mean, that's, that's Solomon, him, you know, themselves. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at that and it's like, why are all these, you know, um, these preachers and these uh, leaders of these uh, big churches are falling? Who are their their support group? Mm-hmm. Well, and all the you know Catholic priests or you know priests in general with all the sex scandals and you know all of that that you know you look at that and these are the heads. These are the people that are supposed to be the holy but, of but the holies actually you can learn from the bible that it, it's as old as it's as old literally as solomon it is but god as, exactly. as earl said god does not withdraw his faithfulness i mean it, it, it's the it's the men the men and women the leaders the leaders may fall the leaders may make egregious errors mm-hmm. egregious sins yet and, and they, they, have, they, they will suffer the consequences of this, but God never withdraws his love. That's right. Amen. So yeah. he's still there. <laughs> yeah, so why didn't, why didn't Solomon return to him? And the only thing you, you brought up in Ecclesiastes is that it appears that Solomon did try everything and, and put his feet out in the world. And at the very end, he said, you know what? It's all for naught, right? All for naught. I, knew, I knew the way from the beginning and I wonder, and, and and you want to go see what is it hedonism, where you seek pleasure as a god, guys, hedonism. I think you know part of those worship experiences was having sex with a prostitute with the temple, mm-hmm. where they go, and maybe Solomon wanted to try that, and he did that, and then he, and when all of it's said and done, he says, you know what, I was better off if I'd have never left, or never straight, right, God. Mm-hmm. I, that's the way most uh, statements are after somebody gets caught. <laughs> right? Those, his I mean, his, his e- final words in Ecclesiastes is just golden. The best thing we can do, and, and stress to our peers, our neighbors, our family, our friends, is to obey, is, is to obey God and uh, respect his commandments. Yes. 
fear God and obey his commandments. I, I, I made a note here. Um, of course, almost here at this point, as, as, the, as the kingdom of Israel is torn in two, kind of is the beginning of the, the end, the downfall. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the northern kingdom is swept away by the Assyrians and within within four or five within 400 years of course by 536 the the Babylonians conquer mm. Judah and Jeremiah who who lived at the time of that Babylonian conquest the Babylonian exile the, the, um, the destruction of Jerusalem in Jeremiah 9 23 24 he channels God and writes this and maybe he's thinking exactly of the, the verses we've been talking about, Solomon's splendor and Solomon's wives. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For these... For in these I delight, mm-hmm. declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, that's kind of my my maybe my wrap up. But do you? Uh, I'm going to go around the room one more time for some final thoughts. Uh, beginning with Mike. Yes, uh, you brought something interesting really there. And I was looking for the exact scripture. Solomon in his big prayer to the Lord is his very humbling and pleading prayer to God says. If our people are conquered and taken to another country because they turned against you and because they sinned and then they turn their face to you and plead with you to forgive their sins and repent, please hear their voice. And God responds to him and says, yes, if my people are taken to another country, and in this case, like you said, the Assyrians and the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, they did just that. Did you know... Solomon is considered a prophet in Islam. Because of that, that comment alone is, is strong enough to put him up there in the, the, uh, the wisdom of the prophets. So Solomon, it, he either pursue it or, or the Lord used his tongue to say something that was going to come later at a later time. Um, I'm going to wrap up right quick with this. Despite initial sovereign successes, this is again taken from the web. The end of Solomon's rule was marked by several insurrections, and this is going to be a summary of sort of what we've all talked about right now, Steve, what you said, and, and everyone. It was marked by several insurrections and attacks from both foreign and domestic enemies. Steve, you said that, as well as a deterioration and disintegration of national and religious integrity because of cultural appeasements within Israel. These compromises weakened the social fabric of the United Kingdom. He died in 931 BCE at age 80, having been possibly the most prosperous and productive king over uh, ever to rule Israel. And there's a lot more. I'm not going to say that. Just I want to repeat what Earl said earlier, folks, and wrap up. Uh, keep your eye on the ball, not mm-hmm. on the women. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> or the horses, <laughs> and then finally, and 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 we've just talked about this, folks. If you're involved with church, find a ministry to get involved mm. with. If Amen. you're not involved, Amen. find something. Whether it's choir, it's whether it's playing the orchestra, Amen. whether it's teaching, whether it's helping a teacher teach. 
get involved so your mind will not wander in those times when you don't have anything to do. Thanks. Steve. Amen. Kyle. You know, I, I, as I started reading this, I, I you know, went through and was wondering as to, you know, why wouldn't Solomon be reprimanded the way he should have been for his own actions? And, you know, I think it's mainly because our sin can affect all those around us. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. we'll get self-centered and not pay attention to what we're doing and get your eye off the ball, whatever you want to say. And I think that's where Solomon found himself is that he got in deep and then it got easier and easier and easier. And then he forgot that sinning against the Lord would have consequences and those consequences don't always just affect you. And then just another thought was uh, while you guys were talking and, and pondering on this one, you know, all those concubines and stuff like that. In our last lesson, we talked about Sheba and all the things that she gave to them. They didn't mention concubines, but I imagine that had to be. Everybody that would come to visit would bring the prettiest girls they could scrounge up to bring them along to pass along to him. Anyway. Cool. Rory, final thoughts. I think it really is all about keeping your eyes on the prize and recognizing as Christians we're called to be in the world but not of the world. So it's one thing to love my Hindu neighbor. It's another thing to go to temple with my Hindu neighbor. Mm. Mm. And and I think that's where, you know, and, and even when you're indulging in cultural discussions um steve and i did a men matters issue on on our risk and even when you're discussing that doing it and making sure you're doing it from the right place i I always like to think about take that deep breath before you start talking you know and count to 10 (laughs) and then do that and i'm just going to laugh because steve steve's son is in scouts and Mike mentioned ch- horses and and uh, girls in scouts. We always encouraged our scouts to become eagle prior to hitting 16 because at 16, fumes and perfume took over. Fumes, gasoline, fumes, yes, and perfume. And, and I think there's a lesson there for us guys to, to tend our own garden and make sure we keep our distractions. To a minimum, because it is, it is easy to be distracted in today's world. Earl, four things: humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you at the proper time. Number two, and we know that all things work for good for them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Number three, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, perfect and pleasing will. And then number four I'll say it for the fourth time keep your eyes focused keep your focus on the, on the prize and that prize is Jesus Christ. Keep praying, keep praising and keep studying God's word keep the podcast going 
keep keep become a mentor, but keep praying, praising, and keep studying God's word. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. This is Man Up. Uh, podcast number 221. I'm Steve Titch. I'm filling in for our regular host, Bill Cox. Um, I thanks to my, our panel, Robert Koshu, Earl Lloyd, yes. Kyle Trahan, and Michael Crapper. Uh, if you have a question or comment, visit our Facebook page at Man Up Spiritual Oasis or visit our website at man-upspiritualoasis.com. You can find all the Man Up Podcast month. You can find all the Man Up podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts, and they're all archived on SoundCloud.com. We also have a YouTube channel where you can watch the live show we did on David and Bathsheba here at Sugarland Baptist Church, in which we ask, does adultery still matter? And if you'd like us to bring a live podcast recording to your church or men's event, drop us a line at live show at manupmedia.org. We believe Bible literacy is important to faith and men shouldn't be afraid to prayerfully explore God's word. We also believe men's ministries have a crucial place in spiritual development of, of men of all ages and backgrounds. We hope this podcast inspires you to begin informed scripture discussion like this among the men you know. Ours is a priesthood of the believers, so you don't need any earthly permission. Just the Holy Spirit to lead you. And this has been Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man. Created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.